You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 53. And today kicks off our series on happiness. And I'm so happy to be bringing you this episode. It's a three-part series, and we are going to learn all about happiness. And today we are going to learn about the science of happiness. So come on, let's dive in and find out how are we happy? Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint, have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options, and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. So welcome back to another episode, ladies. So glad that you're joining me today. And today I'm kicking off a new series on happiness because I get asked so many times by my patients, how is it that I am happy or what do I do to stay happy? Now, before we go on any further, I want to preface it here that I am not always happy. I don't think anyone is. Do you? I have my bad days just like you and everybody else. However, I do choose to be happy for the most part, and that's part of it. And we're going to talk about that in today's show. So you know me by now, and I always have to start out with the science. If there's science to be looked at, and there just so happens to be a science to this happiness thing. Sometimes human emotions seem unpredictable and beyond the understanding of cold science, However, all of our emotions, including happiness, are actually largely controlled by chemical messengers and and receptors. Some aspects of how these chemical chains of events are set off by the world around us are still not entirely understood. The processes themselves, however, are fairly well explained in the science of happiness. So let's talk about what causes happiness. Okay. While there are things that scientists have trouble with when studying emotion, the basic mechanics of emotion are fairly well understood. Chemical messengers called neurotransmitters are produced in various parts of the body. Once released, these neurotransmitters travel to and through the brain until they're taken up by receptors on the ends of our nerve cells. Once the receptors are activated, the activities of the nerve cell are changed depending on the function and the location of the nerve cell and the neurotransmitter involved, this can mean a number of different things. In the case of the neurotransmitters that deal with emotion, neurotransmitters can change the ways in which we think and we feel. Neurotransmitters don't just control emotion, ladies. They also allow us to carry out physical activities. And we'll get more into the details of that in a little bit. But for now, it's just important to understand that they may be part of why some situations or physical actions can have an emotional impact on us. By experiencing or preparing our bodies for a given situation, 
We also get all of the emotional effects that of the required neurotransmitters, just like we were actually doing the event, but thinking just about it can also give us the same experience. So who are these neurotransmitters you may be asking that make us happy? Well, first off, there are a lot of neurotransmitters out there in our brains, and we may not have even identified all of them yet. And of the ones that we do know, we don't understand all of them and the mechanisms of how they work either. However, we do know that there are a few key neurotransmitters that influence happiness. Oxytocin is one well-known neurotransmitter responsible for happiness, especially feelings of closeness. This neurotransmitter is released when you are close to people. It's often thought of as the romantic neurotransmitter, but it's also important in parental bonds with children, and even to some extent in platonic and non-familiar bonds like those that we have with our friends. If you're feeling down, spending some time with people that you're close to may help to put this happiness chemical back to work. Endorphins are another another neurotransmitter involved in happiness, specifically feelings of excitement and satisfaction. What is most interesting about endorphins is that their release is caused by physical activities like working out and even laughing. And you've heard me talk about endorphins a lot. Going for a run may help you to feel happier. Even if you don't particularly enjoy exercising, you are going to get a whole host of benefits from it. Serotonin is another neurotransmitter involved in happiness and another one that can be boosted by physical activity. It also goes up when you spend time in the sun. Like the other neurotransmitters discussed here, serotonin doesn't only make you happy, it also regulates your body's internal clock. If your internal clock is disrupted, it can also throw off your serotonin levels. This is often the case for night owls or people who work night shifts in 24-hour industries. And that's why, you know, I always tell you that, you know, sleep is really important because if we don't get sleep, then we're not making a lot of serotonin. And the precursor to serotonin is melatonin. And you'll see that in a lot of sleep aids, natural sleep aids, that is, is because um, melatonin is the precursor to serotonin. So if you give your body more melatonin, it helps your body to uptake and make more serotonin. So what causes unhappiness then? Because emotions are caused, at least in part by the production, the release, and uptake of these neurotransmitters, any issue in this system can lead to emotional disturbances. Some scientists believe that problems with the production of the neurotransmitters responsible for happiness or problems with the receivers could cause depression. Also, because neurotransmitters are responsible for emotions and physical actions, some medications can have emotional side effects. Similarly, many drugs impact the way that various neurotransmitters are released and received in the brain. While they may make a person feel good at the time, they can interfere with the natural process, making the person reliant on the drug. So a lot of times for people who are depressed, it's because you have a depletion in either serotonin, norepinephrine, or any of these other neuro, other neurotransmitters that make us feel good. And that's why you have you know, medications like Paxil or Celexa or Zoloft. They're called, um, oh God, I'm trying to think. They just reuptake, they're serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So they inhibit 
the release, the um, the output of serotonin from getting outside of your body, they reabsorb the uptake of that. So that's how they function in the brain. So for people who don't have as much serotonin for whatever reason, you take the medication and it helps you to keep the serotonin that you do have. Not that you're making more levels of it because the medication doesn't cause you to make more serotonin. It just causes you from not losing too much serotonin. So now that we talked about, you know, kind of what causes unhappiness, let's talk about what is happiness. So what determines our happiness? Is it a moment in time, an event? Are you able to replicate that time or that event over again? Because for the most part, ladies, when you think about happiness, it isn't, it is, it is highly unlikely that you measure your degree of joy in the world in terms of something tangible. You most likely are interested in quantifying your happiness by life experiences and overall fulfillment. What defines your happiness may be the result of multiple factors and core values. Happiness occurs as a result of needs that are met. It is an individualized state of positive emotions, including satisfaction, pride, joy, and well-being. Things are just the way they should be. Psychologists indicate that our personal outlook drives at least 40% of our happiness. It is what we say it is. So if we say we're happy, then we're happy. Only 10% is due to life circumstances, those things that you know affect our life, and our genetics predetermines the remaining 50%. So remember at the beginning, I said, for the most part, I choose to be happy. Well, that's where this comes in with the 40%. Because for me, I want to be happy if I can't, I don't want to be down. So I choose not to be down and I choose to not let the things that I can't control for the most part bother me. I kind of let them go. And I'm learning more and more as I get older to really just kind of flow with things. I don't get as, you know, neurotic over things as I used to, because that's what makes us unhappy. You know, we have to really focus in on what brings us joy in our life. A lot of us are at jobs that we don't like. A lot of us might be in relationships that we don't like. Some of us have family that we, that we don't like, and all of that can impede on our happiness. So here it is. If you are happy, the frequency in which you encounter negative emotions, such as anger, fear, sadness, or frustration is low. Your happiness is what you determine it to be, but it may require for you to create a plan of action. You have to identify what it is that brings you joy and look for ways to incorporate these experiences more often into your life. Just like I said, additionally, you must choose to be a happy person consciously. So you have to consciously choose to want to be happy and not be a negative naysayer. So the question then becomes, how do we measure this happiness? Quantifying your happiness should be the result of an entirely personal set of metrics. Daring to compare your happiness, ladies, with what produces happiness for someone else is very dangerous. When it comes to happiness, there is no standard for this metric. Yes, there's a standard of living that we might consider and a quality of life, but what equates to quality for one person may not be the same for someone else. Experts say that it has to, that it's hard to quantify happiness because what it means to me may be something very completely different than what it means to you. Unlike diabetes or high blood pressure, where you're able to identify a core set of measurable values to assign a diagnosis, happiness is subjective. It's personal. According to the psychology today, however, there are a few methods we can utilize to measure happiness. 
So let's go over some of those. Number one, physical health. Some people have biological markers, including neurotransmitters and hormones that indicate happiness. People with lower levels of serotonin may be at risk or actively experiencing depression, like we just talked about. Excuse me. Then you have behavioral health. How we respond in a variety of situations may be another sign of how happy we are or we aren't. Happy people are likely to laugh, smile, and indulge in helping others more frequently than those who are not full of happiness or joy. Positivity or negativity. Happy people are also more likely to avoid negative behaviors and activities than those who are not. They will purposely surround themselves with happy people and keep those with negative energy out of their circle. And we talked about that before too. Who you surround yourself with is equally as important as who you don't surround yourself with. You want to surround yourself with people that are uplifting, that believe in you, that love you, that are offering you positive um, affirmations instead of dragging you down. Because, you know, we have so much of that in our world already, things that we can't control. So we can't control our friends. We can't control the people that we keep close to us. So if those people are always negative, then you need to move them out of your life. Next is freedom of choices. Happy people often have a unique degree of freedom to make decisions that favor themselves or others in their lives. Next is visible to others. Happy people are not hiding their happiness. It is apparent to others. And for those who might be susceptible, this emotion can be contagious. So if you are happy, then people around you tend to be happy. So remember that if you, if you walk into your job or anywhere else and people, you kind of are having a down day, if you turn on the happiness charm, I'm sure it's going to rub off on them. And last is self-reported happiness. Finally, happy people are quick to share their happiness. Studies show that happy people frequently talk about their happiness. They talk about the good things in their life, their family, their health, what's going on that's, that's positive. They don't tend to harp on the things that are not going well. So there you have it. Happiness is what you ladies determine it to be. It is a lifelong commitment that requires a consistent investment of your energy and focus. Your satisfaction should not be driven by the things that make other people happy. Instead, your happiness should be a product of those things that trigger positive emotions for you. This positive emotion is subjective by many standards, but there are multiple key indicators that we can assess to determine if happiness exists and if we have the power to make a real change to acquire happiness if you currently don't feel that you are a happy person. You can change those circumstances. So next week, we're going to continue the discussion on happiness and we're going to talk about how true happiness is gained. And there's a couple of things that are going to surprise you with that. So don't forget to tune in next week and for the coming weeks, probably for the next, this next month, I'm going to be talking about happiness because happiness is a part of our health. If we don't have a good outlook and a good mental outlook, then our health is generally not good as well. Because if we don't feel good about ourselves, then we don't care if we're healthy. We don't care what we look like. So it all goes together. The mind, the body, the soul, we're all interconnected. And we have to focus on all of those areas all the time to fo- to be a full, you know, a full human being, so to speak, because we're not just the sum of our parts. We're the whole of all of our parts. And remember what I said last week, if one part is off, then another part is going to be off. So 
if we're negative and we're down and we're depressed, it can actually make us sicker and more unhealthy. And we're going to talk about that as well. So ladies, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you gained something from this episode. Hope you learned a little bit about neurotransmitters, learned a little bit about, you know, what may be one of the causes chemically for depression, you know, how we can choose to be happy, surround ourselves with happy people. And I look forward to continuing this discussion with you next week. So have a blessed week and I love you and have a great day. Bye for now.